0: Did you know that our God is awesome? Our God is amazing. And we never, ever spend time in His presence or feasting on His Word without being changed. You know, the Bible says that we are going from glory to glory. We're getting changed into His image. Ever-increasing splendor. We're uh, looking more and more like Him. And we're being changed, not for the worse. He's not bringing us from grungy to grungy, but glory to glory. We're getting changed for the better. He always lifts us up. He's bringing us higher. He never pulls us down, but he brings us up. Remember when you got born again, how that I'm sure some of you and all of us, really, we needed a Savior. You may have been in a pit of despair or in a place of depression. But when you heard the good news, and that's what the gospel is. The gospel is good news. And when you heard the good news and you found out... That Jesus loved you. He loves us all. But when you received His love, there was power in that love to pull you up out of any, any, uh, pit. That old song we used to sing, love lifted me. Love lifted me. I was sinking deep in sin, but love lifted Me, Hallelujah. How many of you can testify that you've been lifted up by the love of Jesus? And it's not a one-time experience. He continually is lifting us up into His presence. Now, there was an old song, and this isn't a gospel song, and I know some of you could sing it if I ask you to, but what was that song? His love keeps lifting me higher. Wasn't that an old song? Who? Jackie Wilson. Wilson. There, I told you. (laughs) I don't know the details, but I remember that title. His love keeps lifting me higher. That's all I know. But we could say that about Jesus. His love keeps lifting us higher and higher. So when I was praying about this service, that's what I got for the title of this message is just simply higher. Aren't you glad we can go higher in Him? And why can we go higher? Because God Himself is the most high God. That's who He is. There's no other God. Like our God. There's no other God <coughs> that's even can, can compare or is even remotely on the same level. Our God is the most high God. I was reading in Isaiah chapter 40, uh, just the other day. And if you have a chance this afternoon, I know, I know. There's a game on at noon. I see. I'll get you out before then. <laughs> But after the game, if you have a chance and you want to read Isaiah chapter 40, it's a beautiful description of the greatness of our most high God. And I won't read it all to you, but it's written in the first tense. And God is talking about himself, which isn't very often that it's directed like that in the Bible. He's talking about him and he's talking about his power and his Ability And in some of the verses he declares, The waters are in the hollow of my hand. Well, that's a big deal. He says, I weighed out the mountains on the scales. He's got the whole world <laughs> in his hands. That's pretty big. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? And then he goes on, and I love how he describes this. He says, Who helped me? Who directed me? Who gave me counsel when I made the world? Well, how many of you know what the answer is? No one. Nobody. He didn't need any assistance. He didn't need any help. He's the most high God. No one or nothing comes close to Him. Now, I do want to read Isaiah 40 and verse 18 out of the message. So, who comes close to being like God to whom or what can you compare him so some no good idol and I love this ridiculous hallelujah it was verse 18 I think I don't know what they got up there it's actually oh maybe yeah you got it right verse 18 is the one I was looking at but some no good idol and then it says ridiculous 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 to think that some idol carved out of wood or made out of bronze and somebody sets it on a table could even compare to him. It's ridiculous. There is no God like our most high God. One of his names is actually El Elyon and it means the most high. He can't get any higher than He already is. But however, He can be raised and exalted in our understanding and revelation of Him. How many of you would like to have a greater revelation of how awesome, how big, how mighty, how marvelous our God is? Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. There's no need for us to be upset. There's no need for us to worry. There's no need for us to be down and aware wear a frown. There's no need for us to be depressed or oppressed. We're hooked up with the Most High God. And it's the devil that tries to bring people down. His lies and his deception. And you know why he's so bent on getting people depressed and sick and oppressed is because he at one time, he was high and lifted up. He was in heaven. He was next to the throne of God. And he made this a statement. I'm going to exalt myself above The throne of God. Well, how did that work out for him? It didn't. And the Bible says, I saw Satan like lightning cast out of heaven. And what happened to him? He went from a high place in God to the lowest place that he could go. And guess what? He's on his way to even going lower the day, soon and very soon, God is going to cast him in that pit, hallelujah, forever and forever. But in the meantime, because he was cast down, because he was made low, then that's what he tries to get us to buy into. He's trying to get us to buy into his lies. He spends his existence trying to bring Christians down and keep us from knowing who we are in Christ Jesus and sitting in a rightful position far above him. But you know what? When you get a hold of the truth, when you get a hold of the word of God, no more down days. We all have that opportunity. But when you know where you are truly seated, in Christ Jesus, and you know that that devil, where is his place? Where is his position now? Under my feet. The lowest place he could get. He's under our feet. And he spends his existence now under our feet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All oh, glory to God. We thank you, Jesus, that Satan is defeated. And we are exalted. Exalted on high with our Lord Jesus Christ. I already quoted about Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 in the Amplified. And he raised us up together with him. And he made us sit down Together. Don't you like that? We're in him and he's in us together. Glory to God. He gave us joint seating with him in the heavenly sphere by virtue of our being in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one. I love the place. That we are seated together with Him. And our seat with Him has rights and it has privileges. Glory to God. I know today's a, a big football day and I, I'm not really, you know, a big sports fan, but I like this illustration. It was many years ago. We were in uh, Phoenix, Arizona and we were visiting Pastor Mark's brother and they took us to Sons, I guess. That's a basketball game. And we go to this game. And we're walking. I go to football or whatever outings basically to eat. It's a good opportunity to eat junk food. You know what I'm saying? With no excuse. I mean, no no problem. So we're passing all these concession stands. And I'm like, ooh, that looks good. And that looks good. And my sister-in-law was like, no, no, no. We don't need to stop at the concession stands. And I'm like, speak for yourself. That's why I came. But anyhow, we keep, they said, no, no, no. She said, just wait. So we get our tickets. We show our tickets. We keep going down lower, lower, lower. And we had really good seats real close to the floor. And somebody comes with a menu. And my sister-in-law says, that's why we passed all the concession stands. These seats come with food. (laughs) And you don't have to stand in the long lines to get it. They bring it to you. Well, you know what? I'm glad that someone gave me that revelation or I would have been standing in the long hot dog line and instead somebody went and got it for me. That's what Jesus did for us. We don't have to stand any long lines. We don't have to beg. We don't have to wait. We got seats with benefits. Glory to God. Woo! (laughs) Hallelujah. He's raised us up. Together, Far above. Hallelujah. Our place in Christ. It's a spiritual truth. But the more revelation we get. The more it is a reality. In our lives. I love. The in him truths. Meditate on those. Build it into your heart. Who you are. In Christ Jesus. I am his and. And He is mine. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul. And I'm not going to forget all of His benefits. Glory to God. He's redeemed our life from destruction. He crowns our head with loving kindness and tender mercies. Aren't you thankful for the mercy of the Lord? So these things belong to us. But we all can come up higher. Come up higher. And as I was praying about this, I got three areas that we're going to talk about. We can, we're can we going to cover them very briefly. Each one is a sermon. But we can come up higher in our walk. Higher in our talk. Higher in our witness. Letting our light shine brighter. I looked up some definitions for the word higher. Rising or extending upward. Then I like this one. Elevated, exalted, advanced. Y'all are in the advanced class. Because you know. You know some things about the word. And we're not in a retreating army. We're advancing. We're making progress. In our walk with Him. Amen? We're not walking backwards. We're not doing, what was that? I don't know any of these things. But the Michael Jackson, the moonwalk. We're not going backwards, right? We're going forward, hallelujah, in our walk. (laughs) So as believers, we march to the beat of a different drum. We walk our walk according to the Word and not the world. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6. And again in the Amplified. As you have therefore received Christ. Even Jesus the Lord. Here's this word. So walk. Regulate your lives. And conduct yourselves in union with Him. And conformity to Him. Regulate. Your lives set the temperature of your life according to him. Somebody came in here early this morning, probably Brian or Pastor Tom, and they turned on the heat. They regulated the heat so we wouldn't get too hot or too cold. That's what happens to us as believers. I love that. So walk, regulate your lives. According, set the temperature, set the thermostat of your life according to the Word of God. Conform to Him, His way of thinking, His way of doing, His way of living, not according to the culture around us. It's a temptation to be squeezed into the mold of the world and to conform to the world's way and thinking. I mean, it is so in your face. I'm very sad to say that even Hallmark now is pushing a certain agenda. And I'm like, what? I got to turn off Hallmark now? It's like. In your face. Why? Because the world is trying to get us to accept its way of thinking. But folks, we're not going to. We're not going to be conformed to this world. We're transformed. And no matter how hard it pushes and pushes and throws it in our face, I'm not living according to the world. I'm going to keep pressing into the Bible and make sure that my mind is renewed according to God's way, according to His thinking. That's where I'm walking. I'm walking in the ways of the Word. We've been given a blueprint on how to live and it's called the B-I-B-L-E how to live how to walk we're walking in the footsteps of Jesus I like definitions how about this definition for walk to cause to move and here's the word again advance by steps the Christian walk is not a hundred yard dash it's a marathon. It's Bible doesn't say leap, we're leaping our race. No, it says we're running or we're walking our race. Sometimes it feels like we might not be making a lot of progress, but you keep on moving, keep on taking those baby steps. Some of you might remember this movie. It's really, really old now. But it's called What About Bob? What About Bob? Bob had issues. And he couldn't even get to the elevator. He's leaving Dr. Leo Marvin's office. And and Dr. Marvin had written this marvelous book called Baby Steps. So Bob is like, I can't. I can't go to the elevator. Dr. Leo Marvin's yelling at him, Baby Steps! To the elevator. Baby Steps! So Bob baby stepped to the elevator and of course you hear him go ah, all the way down but he made it to the elevator that's how it is with our Christian walk sometimes it may feel like I'd like to take bigger steps I'd like to be making more progress but folks as long as you are still advancing as long as you're still moving you are making progress Don't stop. Keep on going. Keep on walking with the Lord. Don't quit moving forward. And for heaven's sakes, don't take backward steps. Keep looking forward. Keep making progress. Hallelujah. You know, it's it's a press sometimes. You probably remember this song. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on the lowlands. No, Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Well, I like something, brother. Uh, Pastor Kenneth Hagin was just here. He always says this. I cannot be defeated and I will not quit. That ought to be our attitude in our walk of faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Even when we don't see the how. Even when we don't know how things are going to work out. We can always say, I'm looking unto the who. I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus, looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, the one who is directing my steps and enlightening my path. Hallelujah. That's how you walk with Jesus. It says in Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 in the Amplified. Don't worry, I have, it's shorter on the other two. Hallelujah. Philippians 3 14, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling me downward. No, upward. Upward. There's a race to run, there's a goal to reach, there's a heavenly prize to be won. And you can't run your race. Looking backwards. You can't run your race looking back. I wish I would have done that different. I wish this wouldn't have happened. No, folks, keep your eye on the prize. The prize isn't behind us. The prize is before us. Maybe you did make some mistakes in the past. Well, join the club. We all did. But we're not going to live back there. We're not going to look in the past. The Apostle Paul, he had ample opportunity to regret his past. I don't think any of you in here have probably shot and killed a Christian lately. But the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, he not only persecuted the church, he had Christians imprisoned and killed. That's a colorful past. But he didn't live there. He said, I'm going to keep pressing. I'm pressing towards the mark. Of the high calling. He's calling me upward. He's got something better for me to do. He's got a bright and a glorious future for me. And he said here, he's calling me upward. Every one of us have a call. Every one of us have a destiny. We have things that God has placed his anointing and his grace upon us to do. That's why the apostle Paul wrote over in Ephesians, walk worthy of the call. Find out what your place is find out what your course is and get in there with both feet walk the walk and let him bring you on up higher and regardless of what shows up in our race we are overcomers this life is going to have difficulties we are not going to float through this life on a flowery bed of ease anybody figured that out the devil hates us, and by virtue of us being in this world, there's going to be tests, and there's going to be trials. So what? He's made us more than conquerors. Yay! in all these things, I'm victorious. Amen? I love this scripture. I love the Bible. But this one spoke to me really big time. Psalms 1833 in the Amplified. He makes my feet like hinds feet, able to stand firmly. And this is a part that spoke to me or make progress on the dangerous heights of testing and trouble. He sets me securely up on my high places. Certainly there's hindrances. Certainly there's obstacles in our path. But don't let them cause you to step back or be deterred or be defeated. He said he's gonna make, help us make progress. On the dangerous heights of testing and trials. What I saw when I read that is, oh, there's a roadblock of the devil. Well, so what? Where is he? You're under my feet. So I'm going to just step on that roadblock and I'm going to use it as a step to make progress, to go higher. He says that, doesn't he? He's going to help us even make progress when the test and the roadblocks and the difficulties come, just step on him. Oh, thank you. I've got another step that I can just go up higher. Hallelujah. Keep on making progress. Amen. Hallelujah. Then the second thing, we want to come up higher in our talk. I was asking pastor yesterday, so what would you say about that? And this is what he said. If you want to come up you got to speak up. Thank you, dear. If you want to come up, you got to speak up. But you're not going to... It matters what we speak. We don't want to just speak doubt and unbelief at the top of our lungs. Okay, I'm going to speak up louder, but I'm going to declare all that I'm going through and all the bad and the difficulty. No. We know that what we say makes a difference in our lives, our words. Our containers, our words, paint pictures. Our words go out before us. And they either produce death or life. The Bible says that. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. The tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit now I didn't give them up in the booth this but if you could pull Proverbs 18:21 up in the message it's even clearer words kill words give life they are either poison or fruit you choose which one are you choosing i choose to bless the lord I choose to speak words that edify and minister life. We've all said things that we wish we could catch in mid sentence, but they're out there. We got to repent. We got to say, oh, I'm sorry, I said that. And it does matter what we say. To other people, we know that relationships have been destroyed because of mean, ugly words that have been spoken. But it really matters what we say about ourselves self talk. It said you can kill with your words, you can give life, you can minister uh, life. They're either poison or fruit some of us might need to pray for a crop failure because words are seeds and they get planted into the, the ground they get planted even into our hearts if you're constantly saying to yourself well that was just stupid why did you do that you're so dumb you're so this you're so that i mean i've caught myself when i've done something and Yeah, you know, my hair's not naturally blonde. I don't know what my natural color is. But, you know, there's a lot of dumb blonde jokes out there. And sometimes I'll do something and I'll go, well, that was really stupid. We shouldn't say that about ourselves. We don't want to be calling ourselves dumb or stupid or another thing as you get older. You know, you might forget things. I did something the other day I was trying to order from. I thought I was ordering food from a certain restaurant and ordered it from another one. And when the food came on DoorDash, I'm like, it doesn't look the same. And pastor's like, you didn't order it from the restaurant, you thought. And I had a moment to think, oh, I'm getting so forgetful. But you know what I said instead? The memory of the just is blessed. I got the mind of Christ. And the wisdom of God is formed within me. Words can either tear down, hurt, or destroy. Or they can build up, lift, and edify. Watch what you speak, not just to other people, but what you're saying about yourself. Hallelujah. Plant good seed for the future. And if you're having trouble with always saying negative things, then just quote this scripture to yourself. Psalms 141 verse 3. God, give me grace to guard my lips from speaking what is wrong. God, give me grace to guard my lips. Put a watch over my lips. And if you give him permission and you say to the Holy Spirit, oh, please help me to guard my lips, to put a watch over my words, you will catch yourself starting to say something really negative against the word about yourself or about someone else. And you'll sense this check on the inside and you'll hear, don't say that. When you hear that, don't just say, yeah, but they need to have a piece of my mind. I'll repent later. You know, I have said that. I'll repent later. Woo, that's not a good thing to do. Don't go against what he's saying to you in your heart. And giving them a piece of your mind is not a good idea. You need all your mind that you've got. Don't give a piece of it away. God. Help me guard my lips. Hallelujah. Help me speak faith-filled words. Faith-filled words dominate the law of sin and death. What's that mean? Anytime you speak the word of God, negative words and confessions, have got to line up with what the Bible says. The word of God contains power. Speak the word. And if you get in a situation and you don't know what to say, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, speak in tongues. I've been there before where something happened and somebody did something that I thought was really dumb and I wanted to expound on it and talk about it. Pastor will look at me and say, say it in tongues. Because, you know, when you start saying it in tongues, it ain't what you wanted to say in the natural. But it'll calm you down and it'll get your tongue in control. We want to go higher in our talk, speak faith-filled words. Our confession matters. I heard someone say this. Our confession builds the road over which faith Carries its mighty cargo. Our confession builds the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo. Lots of people want to receive the blessings of the Lord, but the road is out. Because they haven't been building the road of faith with the right words in line with the Word. God's got a truckload of blessings that he's trying to get to us. Don't block the road with wrong words. Build the road with faith-filled words. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. And then the last area that we want to talk about, coming up higher in. Come up higher in our witness or in our light shining brighter. I believe all of us desire to be more of an effective witness for Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. To shine brighter. The Bible says shine brighter in the midst of a dark and a perverse generation. If this generation and this world isn't dark and perverse, I don't know what is. But we're not going to let the darkness that is out there dim our light. The darker it may get, the brighter we are going to shine. We used to sing this song in Sunday school. It's too bad I don't sing because all these songs come up to me all the time. Maybe some of you grew up in Sunday school like I did. We used to sing this little song. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And I went to church. We grew up in a town called Pawnee, but we went to an even smaller church in a city called Skeedy. That's where we got married. So, I mean, as kids, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine all around Skeedy. We thought that was big. And then all around Pawnee. Ooh, the big city of Pawnee that had 3,000 people. Then I'm going to let this light shine all around Oklahoma. And that's as far as we'd seen. Because that seemed huge to us. But you know what? We need to let our light shine bright wherever we're at. To the world. And then the rest of that was because it's in the Bible. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. No, I always like stomping my foot. Can you believe I was always a little bit animated? No. I'm going to let it shine. And then another one, don't let Satan blow it out. I'm going to let it shine. That's a little Sunday school song, but there's a lot of truth in there. And it's based on a scripture found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. You might get out early today. No promises, just saying. Use your faith. Matthew 5, 14 and 15. Yeah, you can have what you say. You might get out early. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. The word is alive, and you can read a scripture over and over, and it can continually bring you light and revelation. I just was looking at in, uh, for articles on hire, and I found this one by Rick Renner. Some of you probably know who he is. He's a Greek scholar, Greek and Hebrew scholar, trent, tremendous man of God. And this is what he said about this passage: If a lamp was simply placed in a corner, It would give light only to those near that corner. If they set it on a table, it would provide light and illuminate everyone sitting around the table. However, if that lamp was placed on top of a lampstand, it would provide maximum light and illuminate all who were in the room. The word lampstand in the Greek, and I can't say it, L-U-C-H-N-I-A, referred to an elevated stand on which a lamp could be placed. Once the lamp was filled with oil and the wick was lit, the amount of light it provided was determined by its position. In other words... The higher the light, the brighter, the higher the, yeah, higher the lamp, the brighter the light. And that spoke to me. We, when we get born again, we receive Jesus. We get the oil of the Holy Spirit. He fills us up. He enables our light to shine. But the degree to which we illuminate and bless others has everything to do With our revelation of our position in Christ Jesus. The higher we go in Him, the closer we draw to Him. It's like putting our life, not in a corner, not even on a table, but up on a lampstand. That's elevated for all to see. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The more we have of Him, the brighter we shine. Knowing our position in Him causes us to illuminate who He is. What He wants to do for people. How much He loves a hurting, dying Sighing world. How about we come up higher? Higher in our walk. Higher in our talk. Higher in our witness. Shine, Jesus, shine. Shine through us that the world may see who you truly are. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus.